The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. When the time arrived for Elizabeth to have her child, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown his great mercy toward her, and they rejoiced with her. When they came on the eighth day to circumcise the child, they were going to call him Zechariah after his father. But his mother said in reply, No, he will be called John. But they answered her, There is no one among your relatives who has this name. So they made signs asking his father what he wished him to be called. He asked for a tablet and wrote, John is his name, and all were amazed. Immediately his mouth was opened, his tongue freed, and he spoke, blessing God. Then fear came upon all their neighbors, and all these matters were discussed throughout the hill country of Judea. All who heard these things took them to heart, saying, What then will this child be? For surely the hand of the Lord was with him. The child grew and became strong in spirit. And he was in the desert until the day of his manifestation to Israel. The Gospel of the Lord. It is important as we pause with our scripture readings today to note that while the births of many are recorded in Scripture. We celebrate the birth of Isaac, the birth of Jacob and Esau, the births of, their, of, his, of Jacob's children. We celebrate the birth of Samuel, the birth of Moses we see recounted in Scripture. And so it seems at first glance that this accounting of the birth of John the Baptist is just one of many accountings of the coming to birth of a remarkable and significant person. However, the simple fact of the matter is this. In the church, we don't celebrate as a feast the birth of Moses or the birth of David or the birth of Samuel, or the birth of Abraham, or the birth of Isaac, or the birth of Jacob, or the birth of any of Jacob's sons. We celebrate the coming to birth, physically, of only three people. Jesus Christ, the Virgin Mary, and John the Baptist. We likewise do not celebrate the birth of St. Joseph nor do we celebrate the birth of St. Peter or the birth of St. Paul or the birth of St. John. We celebrate the physical birth of only three people. 
And that should tell us something. That should tell us something. The Christian tradition celebrates the birth into glory of a great many saints. Those who at the end of their days, the world having been overcome and defeated, are burned to eternal life. But we celebrate as the people of God the festal of the birth into infancy, physical infancy, of only three. Jesus, the Virgin Mary, and St. John the Baptist. And in celebrating this way, we also discover to our wonderment that for a significant portion of our history, we celebrated the birth of only two people, and that was Jesus and John the Baptist. The celebration of the birth of Our Lady came later in the tradition. Imagine that. Only two birthdays celebrated in the Christian tradition. For hundreds of years, the birth of Jesus and the birth of John. And in making the decision to celebrate the nativity of John the Baptist, the church is emphasizing the greatness and the uniqueness of his connection to Jesus and the role that Almighty God has given him in the moving forward of the salvation of the world. In fact, John the Baptist is one of only two people about whom we can say every instant of his life is fundamentally ordered to and by Jesus Christ. The only other person of whom we can say that is the Holy Virgin Mary. Only two. And so in pausing today, on the ordinarily the feast is celebrated tomorrow on the 24th of June. But tomorrow is the Solemnity of the Sacred Heart. And as St. John the Baptist himself said, the one who comes after me is greater. He must increase, I must decrease. So John's feast day gets bumped a day. And we celebrate him a day early today because he is the one whose very arrival is the anticipation of the arrival of Jesus. It is a remarkably beautiful coincidence of the calendar this year then that because the greater feast of the Lord Jesus is tomorrow, the feast, the lesser but still great feast of John the Baptist is moved off its normal point, bumped forward a day, so that we have the joy of reflecting upon him and engaging him immediately before beginning tonight. The church turns its eyes in wonderment at the beautiful mystery of the sacred heart of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so now as we pause over John the Baptist, we have in the way the church celebrates him 
a very beautiful catechesis also in terms of how the church interprets sacred things, in particularly the words of sacred scripture. It's something we learn when we are children in school and often forget that we can apply it to the elements of our faith, and that is simply compare and contrast. And so note, John the Baptist is born the son of a woman and a father grown old and past the point of childbearing. And Jesus is the son of a youthful virgin. John the Baptist is that one who stands at the very end of the old ways to announce what is new. Jesus is the new that completes and brings life to the old. How wonderful this is. John the Baptist is born, we celebrate, at the very height of summer. The day has grown long, the heat is intense, and the Lord, who is the light of the world, is born in the depth of winter, when the days are short and the human heart longs for light. When the days are cold, and the human spirit seeks out warmth. How wonderful this is. Everything about John is an anticipation of Jesus. Before the angel Gabriel comes to Nazareth to speak to Mary, the same angel Gabriel stops in Jerusalem at the temple where the elderly priest Zechariah is serving. Before the announcement of the birth of the Savior is given to Mary, there is the announcement of the miraculous birth of John given to Zechariah. Before there is the faith of Our Lady that opens the door to salvation, there is the doubt of Zechariah, a doubt which strikes him mute unable to speak until the child will be born. What a remarkable contrast to the speaking, the brief and faith-filled speaking of the Virgin. Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. The very first home that Jesus Christ visits, tucked away and hidden in the womb of the Virgin Mary, is the home of Elizabeth and Zechariah, where likewise the miraculous infant is hidden, concealed in the womb of his mother. And so it is that the silent word of God arrives on the doorstep of that house, and in the silence of his own cloister in the womb of his mother, the silent Baptist leaps for joy, announcing the presence, the nearness of Christ. The silent Baptist announcing the arrival 
of the silent word. And how beautiful that is because the Baptist is the one when asked to explain himself will say, I am not he, I am not the word, I am the voice. And a voice only has value when it serves the word. I am the voice which serves the word. Note how marvelous this is. And so it is in the hill country of Judea on the day that we celebrate today, this child is born, and his birth is a cause of wonderment, anticipating the greater wonderment of both heaven and earth that will take place some six months later in Bethlehem of Judea, a very short distance away. And so it is while a family gathers in wonderment around the birth of John, wondering who he is, what he shall be, even this becomes an anticipation. Because note, earth cannot name this child any more than earth was capable of naming the Savior. And just as heaven reveals the name of Jesus to Mary, so it is that John will not be known by a family name. John will not be known by a name given by earth, but John will be known as God knows him. How marvelous. The family, the relatives, the friends want to name him after his father. And yet heaven says something else, because he is more than his father's son. He is more than the heir of his father's household. He is the one that will announce to all of the children of Israel that their inheritance has arrived. And marvelously, Marvelously, as Zechariah now finally responds in faith-filled obedience at the wonder of the birth of his son, insisting not that he will be named John, but note what Scripture says. It's not we will name him John, it is his name is John. Because from his mother's womb, he is the prophet of the Lord. From his mother's womb, he belongs to the Lord. From his mother's womb, his life is in the hand of God. How absolutely beautiful and remarkable this is. And now it is when he names him, his name is John. Finally, the old man's tongue is freed. Finally, the old priest can speak again Finally, his lips are free after these nine months to praise God with his voice. Think about that for a moment. Imagine if you could not speak for nine months. 
having spoken all your life. Imagine that you could not even lisp the words of a prayer after having prayed all your life. Imagine the inability to fill the air around you with the sound of your own voice for nine months. Unable to speak, only able to listen. We reflect too little on this element of the birth, the nativity of St. John the Baptist. The long silence of his father, Zechariah, the silence of the priest, the silence of the temple, the silence of old Israel, which in a certain way has come to the limit of its speaking. The old covenant has spoken, and a new word is required. A new voice must now be lifted. And in the silence of Zechariah, we see that a new speaking is emerging from within and yet beyond the old, a speaking that goes further than it, a speaking at which all that which came before must fall silent. Because the speaking of Moses, and the speaking of David, and the speaking of Isaiah, and the speaking of Jeremiah, and the speaking of all of the old law, and all of the Psalms, and all of the prophets, is only brought to completion in the Word made flesh, Jesus Christ. And John is his herald. John is that voice emerging out of the old that shakes the old and calls it forth to newness. And so when his father speaks, when his father finally opens his mouth to praise the Lord now, it is not the old song, it is not the old prayer, it is new. It gathers the old words, but it speaks them in a new way. So it is that as the Baptist cries for the very first time, the lips of his father are opened, and old Israel has a new song on its lips. This is the one we celebrate today. This one who in his birth heralds the greater birth of Christ when heaven itself will break into song at the wonder of his birth. But first there is the old man singing in wonderment on the occasion of the birth of his son. John will go forward as we know, and he will come out of his desert to herald Jesus stepping out of his hidden life to begin his public ministry. And John's work of baptism, calling sinners to repentance, will herald and anticipate 
that greater and perfect baptism that Christ will inaugurate, which doesn't simply call sinners to repentance, but washes sins away. John will give his life for the truth a short time before Christ himself will be put to death. And John, descending to the dead, will descend with the great message on his lips, Oh, the one who's coming after me, you just wait for him. He is mightier far than I. Note how in every moment, from his conception, to his birth, to his preaching, to his dying, to his descending even to the halls of the dead, he heralds and announces the one who comes after him. Small wonder we celebrate him this day. For when the world hears the voice of the Baptist, the world knows the word draws near, and the word is coming. When the word hears the cry of the greatest of the prophets, the one who announces not a promise, but its arrival and its fulfillment, one knows Christ is here. And that is why every time we celebrate this great sacrament at Mass, Every single time when the Lord is present on this altar, we hear the voice of John the Baptist, a voice which is always at the service of the Word made flesh. And what does the Baptist say to us every time we celebrate Mass? What he has always said, Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. And he says it not to Israel of old, he says it to us today. And note how the church still invokes the call of the Baptist to all of its children. That in that moment we look up and see, not the Baptist, but the Lamb. Not the voice, but the Word. Not the forerunner, but the Messiah. And in seeing him, we get up and we come forward. We who name ourselves sinners in need of healing, we get up and we come forward, not to a baptism of mere repentance, wonderful as that is, but to the very Lord who in his dying and his rising takes all sin away. How beautiful indeed this moment and how right it is that we celebrate him. In his arrival, the great forerunner of the Lord, who even from the womb and even in his birth announces Jesus Christ. Amen.